Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Jennifer Chapman, who is an expert in the sales sphere, is the founder of Just Commit Coaching, is certified by the International Coaching Federation. She is a speaker and she loves to talk about embracing your inner warrior. Jennifer also believes that as a result of many traumatic events in her life, this really prompted her passion to serve others. We have so much to talk about today, Jennifer. So let's just get right into this and welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Summer. Absolutely. So before we get into the professional aspects of your life, can you describe for me in one word how you would sum up your journey thus far? I mean, the pressure of one word, I would say just on the top of my head, resilience. Resilience. Okay. Tell me or tell us why this word is so meaningful to you. Yeah. I mean, even thinking about it right now in this moment to be able to, I mean, my story starts back when I was 11 years old. And so I had a picture perfect childhood up until that point, had parents, had the little brother, had an amazing family, grandparents living in Indianapolis and um, loving life, playing sports, doing all the things. And, And then one Saturday night after a family cookout, my mom became ill and she never recovered. She literally passed away in, in her bedroom of our family home two weeks before I was going into sixth grade. So as tragic as, as an event could be for, let alone an adult, but to be an 11 year old kid and have to then pivot and pivot from there and, and try and find a, a new normal. It's taken my whole life. It's, you know, it'll be 30 years this year. So. Wow. Okay. So That is significant. So let's talk about your past, where you grew up, and some of the events you refer to as being the impetus for how you serve others today. Yeah. So like I said, I have the best family a girl could ask for. And so after something like that happens, my dad did the best he could with what he had, right? Now becoming a single parent and and taking care of my brother and I, he he called in our support system. Our, Our grandparents on both sides would you know, takes to school and pick us up. And I never had to stop playing sports. I actually, I played more and we can talk about is why there's a, I feel like there's multiple reasons why not only did I love it, but also it was a stress outlet for me, you know, in middle school and high school, that's how I think I dealt with it. Cause I don't think you're taught really how to deal with grief again, as an adult, you let alone, um, but to be a, a teenager, I think my dad tried different things to help provide us that, that help. And so I, I took my stress and anger and all the things out in sports. And sometimes that would play my favor and other times it certainly would not, (laughs) I would handle loss, you know, losing a a tennis match or losing a softball game differently these days. Um, but that's, that's certainly how I think I dealt with it then was through sport. Gotcha. And you touch on many things, it being an outlet, your dad also kind of tapping into the network system, 
which is really important, keeping you on a routine of sorts, which mm -hmm. is also something very critical. Growing up, there was a term called latchkey kids, those kids that were left alone because, you know, they had to be alone because both parents started to work. And so that was in the early 80s, 90s. And so a lot of parents were out of the house and then the kids were left alone to kind of take care of themselves. And so it's nice to hear that that network came together to keep you on that routine, to keep you engaged and have structure, to have an outlet. So yes, extremely difficult to lose somebody so meaningful, a mom, a mom. Mm -hmm pretty critical critical and yet you still were able to manage in a way that you still went on with your life so let's talk about just commit coaching because I know that title has meaning for you mm -hmm. so let's talk about the title let's talk about what you do and how you help others yeah. So it, it's, again, it's a story and I'll keep it as short for, for this purpose. But while I was in corporate sales, coming off the best year of my career in 2016, trying to do it again, go back to back in 2017, again, life intervened and had a plan for me that I don't think I was quite, nobody's going to be quite ready for this, but I suffered a life-changing stroke at 34. And so I didn't process it then it was all about going through the physical, mental, and emotional recovery of a stroke for several months. It was that year and a half later when I went back to corporate thinking I wanted to go back to normal that I was really battling mentally and emotionally with like, am I going to have another stroke? Am I, I'm living with this fear and anxiety of listening over, listening to my body so closely that it, it was overwhelming. And so I hired a life coach. I didn't really know what that was going to look like. I just knew I needed someone outside of my friends and family to help me get through this part of recovery. And it wasn't until working with her that I was able to put two and two together that my mom was 34 when she passed away. Oh, wow. And I was 34 when I had my stroke. So it's oh. extremely significant summer. It's, I tell people to lose my mom would be enough for one's life at a young age. To have a stroke at 34 would be a big of, enough of event um, for someone in their life. But to, to have both and to have been the same year, my, my story comes full circle. Yeah, absolutely. When you said that, that your mom passed away at 34 and then you also had a stroke at 34, that is very impactful. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I could see where that would be triggering, extremely triggering. And I could see where... We idealize going back to something that once was kind of our place, our home where we thrived, and yet it being different and that also causing something kind of a domino effect for you and, and needing that support and doing some reflection about why is this triggering? Where can I go now with this? And so you did a shift. Mm -hmm. You changed your trajectory, your journey. You created Just Commit Coaching. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Just Commit Coaching and what I like to call PPI, the purpose, passion, and impact of Just Commit Coaching. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So it was clearly the impact that my life coach had on me. That is a huge reason why I do what I do now. On top of 
while working with her, finding my own purpose and why I survived a pretty significant stroke. So it wasn't, you know, when the world shut down in 2020, that's when I thought to myself, cause I was still, I was, I had transitioned into home health at the time. Once I left corporate sales for a couple of years, that gave me the opportunity to like dive in and really question, can I do what my coach did for me, for other people that are going through something similar to what I've been through and want to get to a similar place to where I've gotten to, which is clarity and more confidence and more courage and to tap into their passion or to find it again. And so that's what I've done. I took a year long coaching certification in 2021 that also changed my life. I thought I was taking it for my own credibility as a coach. It was so much more than I could have ever asked for when it came to continued personal healing and transformation. If I didn't even become a coach and had gone through that certification, it was totally worth it for my own personal growth and development. Uh, so yeah, I created Just Commit and I, I love the name. Not only did I use my initials, but it came from six months after my stroke when I was looking for a way to get some physical exercise in, in a way that I couldn't do before my stroke, which was it. I was an avid like boot camp style and CrossFit type of workout girl my whole life. Wow. Um, and so, and I, I ran the night before my stroke. I ran like five miles on the treadmill and was fine. Wow. It's crazy. So I knew my body wasn't going to be able to do that type of workout anymore. So I found a Pilates studio and the name of the Pilates studio is called Just Breathe. And I've noticed, so I've been going about four and a half, five, five years now in each class at some point, you know, we're in the most uncomfortable position you can imagine. And she <laughs> would say, okay, we're just going to hold now. Just pulse, just lift. You know, she makes it sound so simple. Okay. You're, you're in a plank position. You've got one leg in the air, you know, it burns, everything hurts. And she's like, okay, just, just hold. We're just going to hold. Right. And it sounds so simple, but it's so hard yeah. every time. And that's really where I came up with my name, Just Commit, because it sounds simple in theory that I'm asking you to just commit to three months of work with me or six months of work with me, but it's, it's going to take a lot more than that. And the magic happens really in between our sessions. It's, it's really asking you to do the work. There's so many things I appreciate about the thoughtfulness that went into creating Just Commit. First of all, that correlation of the JC, Jennifer mm -hmm. Chapman and Just Commit, mm -hmm. boom. Yeah, that's awesome. That <laughs> Thank you. awesome. Okay, I didn't even make that correlation. When you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That's so cool. So that's awesome. Now, Thank you. Absolutely, and that's very thoughtful in your process. So I really appreciate that because that means that you're really infused into your mm -hmm. business. You have a passion for it. You there is a purpose and there is impact that you're providing. Then you went. And you did this reflective stuff. You did what I like to call a glance back. You glanced back and you tapped in and touched into, okay, what's meaningful to you? What have I gone through? What's triggering me? So you did your own work and you created this foundation of support for yourself, this internal foundation by doing that glance back, by doing that reflective work. Boom. Really important. And all the things that you touch on that I'm sure that you can support people in other ways you've done. And I love it. Here's the other thing. So you went to the International Coaching Federation, ICF, and you got certified and you went into it as I'm going to do this because this will give me credibility. This is what I love. When we do things like this, we don't realize how much of this is going to help us 
right? And I believe we gravitate towards certain things for certain reasons because mm-hmm. we need to do that reflection stuff. We need to heal our inner self. We need to really get committed to, just commit to the work, right? Yep. And I'll give you an example of how this correlates with me too. So again, I believe that we are geared toward or guided towards something because one, we could be good at it. One, our interest, something's pulling us towards something, right? Mm-hmm. And I did my master's in human services with a specialty in community counseling. Man almighty, very intensive 13 months of work. It'll give me credibility, same thing. And boom, I get into it. Got to do the work. And I came home and my husband's like, what are you talking about? Like, what are, what are these these terms? Like, what? <laughs> Start breaking it down, right? Because yeah. I'm having to do all my own work. And so yeah. we've done our work. We're bringing our wisdom. We're bringing that expertise forward. And now you're offering something in a very beautiful package called Just Commit Coaching. And you've got this experience. You've got the situations, the events that happen throughout your life. They do too. Right. But now it's how are you helping them with, again, what I like to call that PPI, that passion, purpose, and impact in their personal and professional lives. So I love what you're saying about this. The next question I have for you is, Tell us why (laughs) I think we can gather, but I want to hear from you. Tell us why embracing your inner warrior Mm. is your favorite subject to speak on. And one tip you have about embracing that inner warrior that you give the listeners. It's crazy that it gives me chills when you even say that. That's what I've noticed. That's what I notice, And that's what I know. It's I'm so passionate about it because we as human beings have survived every single thing we've been through up to this point. So as a stroke survivor over these last two or three years, I've, I've done quite a few podcasts. I love it as a, an avenue and a gateway for me to share my story because it's, it's therapeutic for me to, to do so every single time. And unintentionally people would call me a stroke victim. Oh, and it just, yeah. I, 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 you know, a very right. unintentional way of, of describing stroke survivor in they didn't know, I'm not trying to offend me, but it's a very triggering word for me to be called that because it has made me reflect back and think I'm either a victim. If I literally, if the stroke took my life or I've adapted a victim mentality and I see lots of stroke survivors, unfortunately take on a victim mentality in these Facebook groups I'm in and things it's, it's all, you know, woe is me. Yeah. I want to go back to the way I was before my stroke. I want to go back to the way things are. And it's like, until you realize that's not going to happen. You're going to stay stuck in a, in a victim mentality. And as I've shared my story more and more, and I've been asked to, to speak and do presentations for even companies and things like that, this is the topic I talk about, but it's also made me reflect, did I ever have victim mentality when I was in corporate sales? Yes, I did. I just didn't know that's what I was playing at the time. You know, when I came off a president's club type of year in 2016, I started to chase the number in 2017. I started to chase things. I started to blame things outside of my control because that was easier to do to blame the account for saying no, or that buyer was a jerk, or this rep has a bigger territory than I do. She has way more accounts to sell to than I do. Woe is me versus looking in the mirror on an, you know, on a daily basis and asking myself, what can I do? What can I do to be the best version of me today? What can I take control of? So that's why I speak on what victim mentality is, what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like, 
where it comes from because it always comes from somewhere. And so that's the, the reality check that I think a lot of people have when I speak, because not a lot of people as part of a victim mentality want to admit, oh, I, I did play it or I'm, maybe I'm playing it now at work or I'm not taking accountability, you know, I'm not taking responsibility for something that happened in the office or I blamed my counterpart for this or let me blow up the world's smallest problem because to me, it's a really big deal right now. What, whatever that looks like, there's so many examples. So instead of that, I, once you can acknowledge that and become aware of that, that's always step number one is the self-awareness piece. Then you can change it. And that's how I help provide tools and, and tips on here's how to embrace an inner warrior here. You got to control your controllables here. You have to find an attitude of gratitude. That's not just a, a an overdone phrase out there. It's it's literally, you have to wake up in the morning and choose how you want to show up today, especially for yourself, let alone everybody else. You have to learn how to fill your own cup up every day, your soul cup. What is that full of? And if it poured out, that's what's going to pour out onto everybody else. So learning how to fill it up with what you want it to be full of. Absolutely. I love those. Those are all great tips. And I can see why this is a favorite topic for you to speak on because it's something so meaningful. It aligns with you and you had to embrace your own inner warrior, but yet you still went back to what you knew because that's very common, right? Very common. Yep. And you thought you wanted to be in that same place, but then you realize, no, nope, you know what? That's not exactly where I want to be. And you change that journey, that trajectory. And so you did something else. You gave yourself the opportunity. And when you touch on these Facebook groups and hearing what people are saying, like, what was me? I wish I had. I wish I did. I wish Mm -hmm. I, you know, I knew. I understand that. However, also embracing that inner warrior is so important because have you ever looked at it as if I changed the direction rather than getting stuck in the lowest me. And I believe that we have to feel what we're feeling at the moment and yet not get stuck there, but work through it. Yes. And also look at that journey as an opportunity for something even more wonderful. Totally. Right? I mean, (laughs) there's a lesson in everything. I mean, a lot of people don't want to see it. And sometimes it is hard to see in the, in the darkest of the moment, or when you are in that moment of tragic loss or grief or a major medical scare, whatever that is. Yeah. It's going to be hard to see in the moment. Fully understand that I was there, but then I do believe you get, you can get to a point if you choose to, to see what did I learn here? What's something I can take away from this pain? There, there is purpose in the pain, right? There, there is wisdom in the womb. Yeah. I'm a fan of Jamie Kern Lima and I know she, says she is. I have her book. Yeah. Her yeah. Yeah. Me too. She's, <laughs> she's great. And she always says your setbacks are your setups. Yeah. You just have to look like, you know, there's blessings in disguise. Yeah. Absolutely. Always. There always is. And I never call things mistakes. I call them missteps and missteps are some of our best teachers. There are wisdom. There are things that we can move forward on. You know, something that in your history that really resonates with me is that you began at an early age playing sports. So did I. And at a very early age, 
I also had what I would call, or maybe what other people would call traumatic events, right? A lot of strife between my parents. They had children at a very early age. My mom had me at 19 and my brother at 17. And so my parents got divorced early on, which is a good thing because there was a lot of chaos and um, abuse and, and stuff. But at a very early age, at six months, I had a hole in my small intestine. And I actually, the doctors kept sending my mom away saying, there's nothing wrong with your, your kid, nothing wrong. Then one day in the, hot, in the doctor's office, I ended up going into a coma. And they took me to the hospital. That was during a time where there wasn't an ambulance. So my mom got a police escort to the hospital. And they took me into emergent surgery and exploratory surgery and found a hole in my small intestine. So everything I had been eating, everything that was going through mm-hmm. me was going in through that hole. So the reason I mentioned this is because that was a, you know, what probably for my mother was very traumatic. For me, I, it was a lots of months and months of healing and months and months of surgery. Is this kid going to get well? From that mm-hmm. was surgery after surgery after surgery up until I was 34 years of age. My last surgery was at 34, where I had a complete hysterectomy, seven and a half hours of surgery, four surgeons in there, healing away adhesion after adhesion after adhesion. And that's what would happen to me periodically. Those adhesions would grow around organs. Now I say this because I could be looking at that like, oh my God, I'm so afraid of the next one. This could happen to me. And never, 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 it didn't even occur to me to think that way. But early on, I was taught how to play sports. And at the time, my dad was my coach, kind of a little abrasive, but he'd be like, get back up, get back in there, get going, you can do this. And the messaging that was given to me. So every time I would get back up, every surgery, I would get back up. There was something new. There was a new challenge. I'm not saying that I didn't listen to my body, that I didn't pay attention to, you know, my emotions. I did, but I didn't let the fear hold me back. It's just that my journey was going to look a little different. Mm -hmm. So I I get what you're saying. Just commit, commit. And part of committing is understanding yourself. Part of committing is understanding your own values and and your core beliefs, your foundation. And I love what you're teaching here. I love the whole idea. I love how you've infused yourself into your business wholly. So thank you for sharing this with me today. Your journey, how impactful it was, what you've done throughout this journey, how you've shifted. You can call it pivoting, but I like shifted and going and creating a different path for yourself. So thank you for being here. My last question for you is, Jennifer, as we come to the close of the interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom or words of encouragement, what would they be? That you're worth it, that you're enough as you are without anything else that you do today. You're enough as you are. You're meant to be here for a reason, for a purpose. And it's not tied to anything that you do or any role that you play. You as an innate human being are inherently worthy. Love it. Thank you, Jennifer, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. You can follow Jennifer Chapman on LinkedIn at Jennifer Chapman Mindset Coach, on Facebook at Jennifer Chapman 96, on Instagram at Indie Life Coach, and at justcommitcoaching.com. 
Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great. Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love, and Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.